So you, you remember exactly one week ago, Scotty, when Blake and I were like, no, no, go to that show in Atlanta that <laughs> that one member of AEW is going to be at, considering that there's never just one member of AEW at a show. And I, you didn't, and so you missed seeing Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega fight with a bunch of no-named indie people. You remember that? Look, I just wait. I wait well, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold on. What did you? What did you pass that? What did you pass that opportunity up for again? All oh, right, to watch fucking Ready to Rumble <laughs> while so shit faced you suffered a keto hangover that almost killed you. <laughs> that was the that was the decision you made. They're gonna they're letting you be a parent. I have no faith in the American system. So welcome to Fight Boys, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, the hardest-working man in podcasting, Scotty Moore! I'm, um, not a white supremacist and a better version of Lars. What the fuck? That's the weirdest... You understand that's not a good way to convince people you're not a white supremacist. That and living in Alabama, not a great way to compete. Y'all, I live in what? I live in the land of those people, and I'm not one. Blake Tanner, how you doing? <laughs> um, Lars is my brother. Okay. Finally, the man who refuses to admit he's here, the Dylan. I didn't really get a chance. I was in slightly stunned silence after Blake just <laughs> opened up by admitting he's not a white supremacist. I know it's such a horrible thing to not be a white supremacist nowadays. Yeah. No, no, no. It was more of a thing of like, oh shit, he's he's just he's just saying that at the beginning of a podcast that we do about wrestling. Okay, yeah, okay, of course. That's like coming That's like- out and being like, listen, I want everyone to know I don't hate the gays. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, we are talking about wrestling, of course. So I'm pretty sure. If you if you map out the amount of uh, of wrestling to promos over the course of five hours, yeah, wrestling didn't actually happen. Talking happened, and then it was interspersed by some wrestling. Only eight minutes of which was female wrestling, which is the worst thing I've ever heard of. I'm pretty sure that's less than like the 2000s. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's less than the diva era. The uh, opening segment of Raw might be the worst thing that's happened in wrestling in a very, very long time. Because I messaged you guys, because Vince turned into Captain... Captain Tibbs was no longer a joke that we do for JWF. He became a real thing as Vince just sat in the ring and was like, Alright, I got a... I got a... I got an idea now. It's called the wild card rule. Where three people from... Raw go to SmackDown if they want, and then three people from SmackDown go go to SmackDown. <laughs> Scotty, I don't think the Captain Tibbs will appreciate you calling him a joke, and you're probably gonna hear an earful full about that later. But it's okay. I don't give a damn. I'm the tag champion of his company. People tune in to see me, motherfucker, cut that promo. <laughs> um, oh yeah. man, the ratings are going down. <laughs> My favorite shot of the entire thing is Vince literally said what I just said verbatim. He said three, he stumbles through the description of what the wild card rule is. And it just cuts to AJ Styles looking more confused than I've ever seen that small Georgia man ever look. (laughs) It's almost like Vince, Vince McMahon didn't know what the fuck he was saying. Yeah. (laughs) 
My favorite part of that is directly before where Daniel Bryan says nothing fun happens on Raw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Daniel Bryan's truth. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan to this point has actually said nothing false during his heel run. It makes it really hard for me to root against him, except for that whole, like, company keeping keeping a potential black champion down. If it wasn't for that, I would have I would have had Debrise back the whole way these last three months. Oh yeah. I this still is true. I still maintain I think Vince came out and was just like, I'm gonna cut a promo against Roman. That's it. He punched me in the face and then halfway fucking through he was like I got an idea, and then Vince just stayed in the ring for 30 minutes as the production crew just kept throwing people at him like, can you please get Vince out of the ring? Kofi, go out there, try to get Vince out of the ring, and Vince is like, I'm brilliant, this is fantastic, Vince, please leave the fucking ring. I understand what Vince has done for the wrestling business and sports entertainment, his baby. And I understand when people say, yes, he is he's a genius and he's done a lot of very interesting things. But fuck, y'all, it's over, Vince. Vince, go play football. Go go play make believe football. It'll be fine. Go play go, fake ball. Go go play go play real fantasy football. At this point, we're having all of these issues come out where tensions are coming out backstage, and it's all because the writing is so inconsistent and changed the day of. And it's we're also we're also having the company be like a level of petty regarding people wanting to leave that I've never actually seen before. Where it's just like, yes. oh, you didn't want to sign a contract? Enjoy being the revival now. Well, here's the weird thing, and this is going back to what you're saying about the inconsistencies, is at least with the brand split, you could have some sort of thing in your mind where you're like, maybe just like the SmackDown superstars are better, and it's not a better writing team. This week proved that SmackDown has a better writing team because Sammy came out and cut this awesome promo. He had an amazing triple threat match for the WWE Championship. The Usos came out and were like peak Usos as they fought for the SmackDown titles. Oh, you mean they weren't just kind of playing pranks and... Yeah, meanwhile on fucking Raw, Sammy got dumped in a fucking trash can. And the revival got fucking icy hot on their balls by the Usos. But hey, Firefly Funhouse is great. Yeah. Question, question Scotty. Is this the same SmackDown where Ember Moon got beaten like one move? I mean, whatever. Was, was that? Oh, this? okay. Women's wrestling. Whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. This week I was able to blink and I missed all the women's wrestling that happened this week. Cause I, that, I, I believe that's part of a, a larger issue yes. overall. Not with me, with them. I had to go to the bathroom, and when I came back, it was over. They think it's 2007 again when it comes to women's wrestling. You're the one still treating women's wrestling like the pee break match. Am I? I was at work. I had to leave my tiny TV that was my phone. You take the tiny TV with you, it's a phone. I'm doing my job, Dylan! I'm not about to help some poor child try on shoes, and I'm like, well, Billy looks like you're at a ten and a half. Shut the fuck up, Ember Moon's coming up. 
Hey, hey right, Timmy, Billy. eat your own ass. Stop. <laughs> eat your ass, Timmy. Fuck off. Ember's coming out. <laughs> it's Ember time. I am still sad that, like... A, what happened to the Iconics? Were they even yes. on TV this week? Were I, they? I, I didn't see them. I, I didn't see anything. So they're, they're a champion. They're not even on TV. B, um, the, the, uh, the, the Sky Empresses weren't on TV. Yeah. Well, no, 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 they were, they were. They came out after, like, Mandy Rose and Sonya had a match, and then Paige was like, you're gonna face them next week, and that was it. I'm sorry, no, they're not the, they're not the Sky Princesses, they're the, uh, they're the, the future pirates, that's what it is. Okay. They're the, t- they're the time pirates, that's what we're going with now. My favorite running gimmick for the show so far has been Dylan coming up with a different name for this tag team every single week. Until they get merged with it, I have free reign. <laughs> uh, we we have nothing confirmed, so it's all just speculation right now at this point. Yeah. Dylan's pulling out his full Meltzer. Uh-huh. This is listen, li- uh, listen. You just be you just be glad I'm not pulling from the list of of like questionable '90s '90s <laughs> era names that yeah. I had for this. Um, including uh, Paige's Asian harem and the New <laughs> British Empire. <laughs> Paige's harem is the best name ever, but they'll never use it. Asian harem. You have to you have to really push the Asian part forward. It's because it's another name that's actually the title of a porn video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um also Just like the submission sorority. Guys, I'm starting to feel real bad about when we choose to do these shows because not only did we miss fucking Jericho, did I miss personally Jericho and Omega last week to do Ready to Rumble, I also missed Chris Jericho. Like, I woke up hungover and just saw, wait, Jericho's challenging for the IWGP title? What yeah, the fuck? Right? Yeah, right? Like, that came out of left. Jericho just don't give a fuck, and it's why he's still my favorite wrestler to this day. It's okay. I'm pretty sure at the finals for the G1, uh, because Fight for the Fallen means uh, it can't be during the G1, I'm pretty sure at the finals, uh, they're going to bring Kenny back to wrestle somebody. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I'm pretty sure at this point Chris Jericho can just kind of wake up, look down at his fun little um, makeup kit that he's got and say, yeah, today's the day. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna just cut this promo, send it to Gato, and be like, "Play this after that match. The crowd's gonna go fucking crazy." And then oh. Gato's like, "I didn't sanction this, Crit. You're gonna, yeah, you got, yeah, you're gonna." I would like to point out that Chris Jericho has had exactly zero matches, not for a title in I in in New Japan. Is that true? Oh yeah, the Kenny match was for the U. The first Kenny match was U.S. title, wasn't it? Yeah, it was U.S. Intercontinental, Intercontinental, Intercontinental. Uh, yeah. And now IWGP. Do you guys think? Because isn't Chris signed to AEW? Yes, but he has a he has a writer in his contract, as does Kenny, that they can do matches for New Japan. Oh, okay. Because uh, I was wondering if you guys were thinking that AEW was fine or New Japan was finally willing to work with AEW on this. Or no, no, if- no, they're willing to pull the the two people, which is fine. Yeah. Because for all of their thing, New Japan New Japan won't learn. It takes it takes a massive disrespectful showing. I forget what Impact did. It was a number of things with Impact where like they had their they had the the heavyweight tag titles change hands without telling New Japan, 
and like there was the whole thing with Okada, and there was like there was a, there was a few things where it was just like man, you people. Yeah. So I'm really wondering what Ring of Honor has to do at this point to, yeah, to get Ring that. Ring of Honor send out Enzo Amore, and they're like, ah, we'll still work with y'all. It's fine. I think I think the thing is is that they pull talent from ROH for like Best of the Super Juniors. Yeah for the G1, for all of their shows. And when they do, it's always great. Like, Yeah, because ROH has good talent. It's just not utilized well. Yeah, it's so amazing where, like, over the course of, like, uh, Honor Rising or something, you're just like, man, I haven't cared about this character this much in forever. You've, these guys have built a story for this person in two days. Yeah. Ring of Honor, meanwhile, three months later, nothing. Creative has nothing for you. Because have you seen? They listed what the, the Ring of Honor creative team was what really yeah it was like delirious bully ray joey mercury and like like three other people one of whom was a former uh wwe producer and i looked at it and i was like oh this is every problem right right <laughs> right yeah. here this is this is all of it you have no one under the age of 45 um booking here meanwhile if like i feel like if impact got rd evans because they've already got jimmy jacobs if they get rd evans and like maybe road dog or something they are easily going to topple ring of honor and get back to their spot maybe not road dog rd evans though but not road dog i think that they're already like even without them right now they're on their way to do it easily because jimmy jacobs is a fucking genius i'm going to admit he just started a new podcast and his first episode was with brian danielson and since it's not about wrestling, I don't consider it a threat, and it's fantastic. You guys need to give it a listen. Is it? But, did they? Do they just talk about about Brian's like environmental craziness? No, it's like a lot of spiritual shit. Like Brian talking about like, well, I've never done drugs, but I wouldn't mind doing shrooms and like shit like that. It's really he's known Matt Seidel for like a decade. What is <laughs> what is only <laughs> a decade and a half? Just, Matt Seidel has that shit in his back pocket right now, wherever he is. I can guarantee. I can guarantee that. I've seen Matt Seidel wrestle while on shrooms. He thought the Young Bucks were a pair of dragons. Actually, during that podcast, Matt Seidel called in and it's like, "Oh, Brian, no, you've done drugs before. I got your ass. You didn't know it, but you I did got drugs." You. Uh, uh, oh, Gazi's right. If Impact did get a better tv deal the worst thing with impact is its tv deal but its streaming is on point oh yeah it is now it wasn't it wasn't originally it was originally the worst thing on yeah on god's earth but uh, yeah but now that they're giving that shit like you get it free on saturdays they got the app rolled out and like nice actually and now that they're taping in like different locations and not being basically a new live show at universal studios Mm-hmm. I feel like they will get a lot more play. So, I feel like we all have a soft spot for Impact, because Fight Boys would not exist if it were not for Impact Wrestling. And my desire to show one of my, uh... Oh, one of my gra- fellow grad students what uh, what wrestling was about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the concept of we're do while we do the show, great things happen. And actually, going back to something Dylan said about... New Japan teaching us how to love a character again after two days. John fucking Moxley is so back and I'm hype as hell for it! Yeah, where'd that fucker go? 
Yeah, he was gone for like six years. Oh, <laughs> uh, this brings out an interesting like. I, I I always get weird feelings when you see wrestling fans debating like, oh, but should we call this? But should we call him by this name or this name? And it's just like. I just call him by the fucking name you know him by. If I don't know it, just say the other one. Yeah. If it's easy. Yeah, if you're like Dean Ambrose, I'm like, oh, Moxley. Yeah, that's cool. Like, Mo- Mox. Like, it it took me a while to start calling Matt Seidel, Matt Seidel. I was just constantly like, yeah, Evan Borden does shrooms. It's fine. It's all cool, yep. yeah. It's like, fuck. Yeah, I know who Pac is. Yeah. <laughs> ne- oh, yeah, you- Neville, you mean Pac. You mean that Mighty Mouse motherfucker. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, cause, and I guarantee you, if one or both, if, if he left the company tomorrow, Kevin Owens would be Kevin Steen. Yes, like the minute he leaves, I'm like, that's Kevin Steen now. I'll still accidentally call him Kevin Steen because that's how much I knew of him. Yes, exactly. Uh, and Moxley, like just the ending of that video where you see M-O-X and that's it. I was like, fuck, yes. Stop! Stop! Every time they every time they had another letter come up, I was like, "Stop! I can only get so erect." <laughs> yeah. So, what's uh, what's the play, guys? Where do you think he's going? Do you guys think that when we show up in Vegas, we're gonna be seeing the Mox Man come out probably and not. beat up? He, it'll it'll probably be where he's just gonna be like King of the Indies for a while because yeah. like he has he has he has the money. Like, have you ever seen Dean Ambrose like talk about like what he's spent? Like he you. According to him, he has a basically Spartan. It probably like less so now that he's with uh, now that he's married. But he was like, I have a, an apartment in yeah. Vegas. There's nothing in it. I gave people all of my like stuff that I didn't want whenever I moved out of Florida. And yeah, I, I'm in that like four days a month, and that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> like, yep. Like you don't hear about you don't hear about Dean Ambrose spending a shit ton of money on anything. Yeah, Ever. that's the only thing that makes me wonder, like, if this is for a big company. Is it was such a well done video that I'm like, you think Dean Ambrose doesn't know people with video editing? Yeah, well, with me, <laughs> I was just sitting there like, I know Dean has the money to spend on this, but would Dean spend the money on this? I mean, Renee I- might have been like, hey, listen, um, don't half-ass this. She's like, honey, our anniversary is coming up. I bought you a production company. I, that's, yes. That's the most Renee thing I can think about her saying. Just like, don't half-ass it. Their their interview about uh, their relationship and their intimateness is uh, is one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> yep. I don't, I, love... think I don't think I've heard this. Basically, she said that Renee was like, yeah, I wore, like, you know, terrible sexy laundry, and he laughed at me. Guys, I think I'm. I think I might be John Moxley because I think I would do the exact same thing. Yeah, they were like, it was so out of character. He's he's like, listen, if he if she did like the stereotypical like you know cat crawl, like I'd be like all for it. But I would also be like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Which is, honey, are you are you okay? I mean, I'm fine with this, but are you? I'm like, why are you? I'd just be like, we've been together two years. Why the fuck are you doing this? Just take off your clothes. It's okay. You don't have to impress me anymore. You've already... You've got the job. you got the gig, baby! Fish is in the boat. You can stop casting. Yep. And then at the point that they're like, you bought me this. <laughs> yeah. 
Dean's like, I was gonna fucking give it to Jimmy Jacobs as a birthday present. Why are you wearing this? <laughs> oh, I wanted to send it back to Roman so he could have something to remember me by. <laughs> the big, that's my favorite, like, cause everybody went full conspiracy theory on the video. Like, the dice, like double or nothing. They have the numbers two and five. 25, May 25th, that is the date of double or nothing. Earlier, you could see scratch marks on a wall. They spell out 25. It's like the number 23 with Jim Carrey, just over and over again. I mean, yeah, but if they're right and that actually is what happened, like, they're going to be insufferable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my favorite one was still, like, he's he's in the Ambrose Asylum, and he's running from... A big dog. Could that be the da big dog? Could it be Roman he's running from? I'm like, no, Could it's it just be a Clifford, fucking dog. The big red dog? Like, <laughs> Could it be we, we say Clifford? We say all this stupid stuff, and we're going to get to the over-the-budget over battle royal. It's gonna, or the, sorry, the, the casino battle royal. Yeah. And, uh, and number 21's going to come out, and it's going to be him. We're going to be like, well, shit. I, uh... If there, if he does show up, it's going to be his number twenty one in that in oh, that yeah. battle royal. Listen, you don't you, you know who's not going to be in the over the budget battle royal? The best friends, the fucking best friends, because they're Oof. threatening to kill the young bucks families despite them having really <laughs> handsome That's children. My favorite part of this week's uh, I haven't watched uh, being the elite for a few weeks, but I watched it this week, and that was my favorite segment of all time. Was them them just fucking about? Do, do you guys not know who that is? I don't want to spoil it for you if you don't didn't see it, but like like when they stepped out of the the blurriness and they hugged like do you, do you not know who it is it, yeah exactly i don't know who i i don't know the name of who that guy is but god do i appreciate him yeah well boys there's a certain tournament that made mox famous with a mystery entrant happening soon oh yeah that's my other my other my main pick is aew my second pick would be um my second pick would be czw and have him come back in that but with me, if he does show up in AEW, isn't, um, ne- isn't, I was about to call him Neville, isn't Pac versus, um, Paige for the title? There isn't a title. It, yeah, is it? There is, is not there... a title. There's not, oh, okay, I couldn't hear what you said. Uh, I, cause I originally thought it'd be for the title, so if it did, I would have him come out and basically attack whoever's winning the title, but since there's no championship, whatever, I guess. <laughs> Because, I mean, who Adam Page is winning the fucking AEW championship whenever it comes, right? Like, no one else really could get it. Nope, he's going he's gonna to lose to Pac Watch. <laughs> Ooh, is that when we start Pac Watch? That's Pac Watch. Pac Watch. The Pac-Man, we call ourselves. Uh, but you know who else I like to call Pac-Man? Fuck you. Patreon.com slash load of BS is the website where you can support us. You get shouted out of the show of your choice every single week like that motherfucker Gazi. And of course, you get access to our Discord. You get access to our exclusive show. You paid for this, uh, which this Wednesday, actually this previous Wednesday, uh, our episode where we watched Ready to Rumble is coming out. And my God, we got very hammered. I got very hammered. And it was the best worst movie I think I've ever seen in my entire life. 30 minutes and, of that movie are watchable. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, until Double or Nothing, we're having a BS raffle 
which means that all of our patrons, for every dollar you donate, you get an entry into the raffle. We're going to pull a name right before we go to Vegas, and whoever wins is going to get, like, their own super awesome Fight Boys fun pack. We've got some Fight Boys playing cards that I got custom made for the show, some Fight Boys, like, trading cards... Uh, stickers, t-shirts, this whole gift package will be delivered straight to you if you win the BS raffle. So make sure to donate, motherfuckers. So, guys, it's now time to see who we want to get for the show now because it's time for Guest Watch. We've done David Arquette, who, by the way, tweeted us today, and it was a very proud moment in my life, and also, I was very afraid of, did he hear what we said about Ready to Rumble? Because if he did, we're in so much trouble. You mean what literally everyone else said about Ready to Rumble? Yeah. It's been two decades. We can't have said anything worse than he's already heard. I think he's accepted it. Yeah. All right. Who do we uh, who do we want to try to tweet that? I'm gonna give it to you guys because I've been in control of Guest Watch so far. So who have do you, we want to get on the show? Have you tweeted at Trent yet? I didn't, but I did email Trent this morning a very serious email that began with, "I'm not gonna fucking level with you. We need your help. <laughs> Could you come out and just scream at Chuck? <laughs> Can you? Hey guys, I'm gonna throw something out here because okay. he probably isn't even showing up at the thing. So. We should just get John Moxley. Okay. The Yo. guy that only tweeted once. Yeah, yeah. That Sure. No, no, no. That's ballsier than my thing about we should tweet at Chris Jericho. No, let's let's go with oh, that. Oh shit. No, I kind of want to do Chris Jericho then. No, I think he's busy during that. Yeah, I think he's you're doing right. I think he's doing something at the actual Starcast, not Starcast Light where we are. Yeah. Diet Starcast. Welcome to welcome to Fight Boys here at Diet Starcast. Crystal Starcast. Uh, Yo, at John Moxley, what you doing? May twenty fifth. What you doing? May twenty sixth. Yeah, twenty fifth. He's gonna be beating up Pac for the <laughs> AEW Championship. <laughs> Wanna come drink whiskey and talk about? <laughs> Are we allowed to drink whiskey on stage? I don't know, but I'm about just, um, Our secondary watch is just tweeting podcast movement like, yo, can we just drink whiskey on stage? Oh, man, I bet that's a great idea for the podcast that they, nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought we agreed we, we were going to try to be sober for this show since it's our biggest show ever. Did we... I, I think we kind of have to, because if we don't, we're not going to stay fucking PG. Well, not no. only that, it's a matter of, like, we're going to be out of money because the previous night we're going to be at that SEU party, and we let will me, die. Let me let me rephrase that. You are going to be out of I'm going to be sipping Sprite the whole time. <laughs> Nervously like, sipping Sprite, taking Xanax in a corner as you're just like, fuck, that's Christopher Daniels. What the fuck's going on? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so there was a tw- a twitter thread recently that i think is just kind of made for us oh is it all the crazy shit vince mcmahon has done you're damn fucking right it is all the crazy shit vince mcmahon has done i love snow cones 
Oh my, wait, is that one? I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince McMahon loved snow cones. He had a snow cone party, like whatever barbecue. He had ten of them. And he yelled in his your fired voice, I love snow cones. <laughs> can, Blake, do you think you can get Tibbs to give us a I love snow cones? Yeah, hey, Tibbs. I love snow cones. Um, apparently he almost killed Court Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Vince once raced former WWE writer Court Bauer on an open highway. Vince boxed him in so that he was headed straight for road construction. Court had to slam on the brakes to avoid the accident, and Vince sped off, winning by almost murdering his rider. Correct. Correct. Um, Vince let's... McMahon heard that JR farted and got Gerald Briscoe to throw up in a car, so he tried to fart on Gerald Briscoe and shit his pants. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Vince, as a prank, had the police arrest Jonathan Coachman for running a betting pool. Coach said when the cop car finally turned around and brought him back, he openly wept in both relief and rage. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. That's horrible. Vince McMahon is a horrible human. Like, everybody's just like, yeah, every time Vince comes out on TV, but every time, like, now I'm just like, no, dude, you... Holy shit. You kinda suck. Yeah. It's like, we were, I was, like, I didn't want to mention it until he just started doing horrible and more horrible things. Yeah, yeah. No, that whole thread is just a reminder. Like, hey, listen, you know how, like, you kind of think Vince McMahon is terrible? Vince McMahon is, in fact, terrible. He yells at people for nodding because he hates yes-men, despite being surrounded exclusively by yes-men. You mean just by firing everybody but the yes men? Yeah. My my favorite story I've found so far is very. It's just one sentence, and it's Vince got wasted at a strip club and let the Heart Foundation hit their finisher on him, and they hit him very hard. He uh he he asked the Road Warriors to do the same thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Vince McMahon they got kicked is out. Insane. They got kicked out before he like he could just do. But yeah, he was basically taking tag team finishers from his whole company. Uh, this was back when steroids were still a thing. Uh, I'm sorry, no yeah. one in the company, whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, he he was insane. Apparently, I figured out why Kofi took this long to become WWE champion. Vince said something insulting to Kofi on a plane, and he didn't do anything. As they were getting off, Jericho told him that if he didn't confront and fight Vince McMahon immediately, his his career was effectively over. This was how Vince tested talent. Now, Kofi did confront Vince, though. Yeah. Double leg takedown and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just- I wonder if it was a confrontation from the face or if Vince was walking and Kofi just fucking leapt and bulldogged him into the Delta fucking screen or some shit. As a matter of fact, he just hit him with a real trouble in paradise. Yeah. Hey, I Vince, look- hug. Hey, buddy, let's let's hug it out. Hug, hug it out. SOS. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Back at WrestleMania 25, Mickey Rourke got so worked by Chris Jericho that he was convinced that it was a shoot. As a result, he brought Miss Muscle with him in case things went awry, including Frank Shamrock. During the day, Jericho hashed things out so he, they knew there'd be no issue. Afterwards, he told Vince about it, and Vince claimed that he, Jericho, and Dean Malenko could take them out, saying that, look at that guy, he's a midget. 
he was, of course, referring to Shamrock. Yeah, and Chris Jericho invited him to go ahead and fight that midget. Because <laughs> he would have been left crumpled on the floor. Mm. Uh, the part where we call it a... Oh, this is my Okay, Wait, okay. Did you I, I just Did you get hmm. to the one where he he uh where was it? Tarvin asked a question and he was like, That's a great question, Shelton. Oh yeah, no no, I just <laughs> saw that one. That's underneath the one that I just saw, which as a man who does have a big beard kind of <laughs> upsets me, but I love the quote. Paul Heyman talked about VKM's competitiveness. Vince supposedly has a world-class thick beard, but shaves it constantly. Heyman once asked him why he just doesn't let the beard out and save him the trouble. Vince's reply, I can't let it win. (laughs) 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 You can't let the beard win! I can't let the beard win! That man is in charge of a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company. Billion yes. dollar company is run by a full-on medically unstable person. He wa- okay. Hey guys, I heard something about me. I was some talking about something huge over here. I'm the president of the United States. Somebody say a mentally unstable yeah, billion yeah. dollar man. <laughs> I really enjoy your version of Donald Trump, who's just kind of real drunk on it. I just got into president. Decimal president. Yep. See no evil. Vince wants this scene. Oh, God. No. (laughs) Oh, have you read this one? Vince wants a scene. This is an old one. Where Kane's character pulls out his penis, and he wants it to be three foot long. I don't know who's doing this interview. I thought there was a connection problem. I said... Greg, can you just back up and repeat that last line for me? He goes, yes, Vince wants Kane's penis to be three foot long, and none of the producers are saying anything about it. Okay. Uh, Uh, For the record, that didn't happen. Oh, wait, it did or it didn't happen? It did. It did not. No, the the current mayor of Knox County did not pull out a three foot long dick oh, on okay. camera. I thought you meant that like this didn't happen with Vince, but yeah. Um, so guys, we've talked about. I guess I guess I can use this as the perfect segue into asking you what was your heel of the week and your baby face of the week. And I'll start. My heel is Vince fucking McMahon. Well, he's kind of just everything at this point. Everything bad about the company. Like... My face is uh, Triple H for, like, liking a tweet that's calling Vince out for his shittiness and saying that wrestlers need health care. Oh, it was very... I think he eventually unliked it once the news I, I think broke. He, I think he accidentally hit the like button while scrolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what he said to Vince. Yeah, that's but, like... Uh, look, Vince, uh, you could just sometimes accidentally hit the heart, uh, and I was just trying to go by, uh... I was trying to hit the skull. <laughs> and Vince doesn't know what Twitter is, so he's just like, Yeah, that makes sense. I know about the skull on Twitter. Twitter. I'm is hit. that like tout? <laughs> uh, no. no. I like My- He walks in, Vince is very, very upset, and he's just like, Vince, I'm sorry, I, I like that tweet. Do you... Do you want to go get snow cones? I love snow cones! So, uh, my heel of the week is is Triple H, 
because <laughs> okay. he he because he was like, yeah, this is our twenty fifth takeover. This is takeover twenty five at the whatever arena. And even Lance Storm retweeted, "Where the hell is that arena at?" Because it's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's where they're having the twenty fifth NXT. Because uh. WWE is also my heel of the week because they're continuing yet another Saudi Arabia show. Yeah, thus kicking the NXT show from what it's supposed to be. Oh, that yeah. Was so, it, I guess NXT is now going to be its own, like, have its own pay-per-views, which I do like. I enjoy that concept. But also it confuses the fuck out of me who has to make pay-per-views for JXT going, when the fuck is this show happening? Oh, God, no. Um, My my face is, uh, is, is Randy Orton for continuing to prove that he does not care about anything. So, like, he's in a Money in the Bank ladder match. He's... You think maybe he would like on TV bring a ladder out or not? Nope, just continues to RKO the other competitors. He's just like, he's like, I'm going to, you know, his big spot's going to be during the match. He's going to RKO somebody that jumps <laughs> off the ladder. That's going to be. He's going to climb five steps up that ladder. I actually, I'm gonna, I want to, I'm going to call it now. Uh, I'm picking Randy Orton to win Money in the Bank uh, because why not? Um, <laughs> Because that makes about as that makes as much sense as anything else WWE is doing. Just Randy Orton, just slowly. I want him to like. I want him to like it to be like almost humorous. He's like do 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 do, yeah. and he just like gets it and holds it up, and he like you know does his his Randy Orton yeah. pose. But and then he it. hangs it back up, and he like walks the ladder back down. And oh no just no no! Leaves. I was thinking he like he does the Randy Orton pose, but he accidentally drops it. And, <laughs> and Baron Corbin picks it up, and the world implodes. Mm-hmm. I'm at a point with WWE now where I am honestly very much considering Baron Corbin to be my pick for Money in the Bank, and it upsets me emotionally and physically. Yep, that's bad. Mm-hmm. But, but you know who my baby face of the week is? Yes. Mercy the Buzzard Puppet. <laughs> I love that damn puppet! Because you know what? When somebody does try to, like, shove their bohemian lifestyle onto you, the only real thing to do is to kill them, rip them to shreds, and eat their flesh. You know, buzzards are, buzzards are uh, scavengers. He couldn't have killed it. Well, ha- look, Mercy Mercy arranged for that rambling rabbit. The, the witch probably killed, killed rambling rabbit, and then the buzzard was like, hell yeah, dinner. Maybe it was one of the kids. And then, and then Bray Wyatt put on, his, put on his beach shades, and he stood next to these lifeless... Fortnite playing children. And <laughs> that's because he was making them all watch Raw. Yes, that's why they look. Now he like just that. he just put somebody flossing on loop on a on a screen in front of him. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, uh, my baby. Fa- Wait, was all of our heels Vince McMahon? <laughs> all of us were like, no, fuck him. This no, way. no, no. Mine was Triple H, and okay. then also the soullessness of the company for continuing to deal with Saudi Arabia. Just that. That damn promo was enough for me to just hate Vince this week. I don't think I had a heel this week. Everybody's doing great. Yeah, it was so great. Great two weeks. Um, well, you know, we talked no, about... No, no, my face is Daniel Bryan for becoming a tag team champion for the first uh, time in, like, five years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me, my baby face of the week, well, we talked about the comeback of John Moxley, a lot of great comebacks, the comeback of Chris Jericho to New Japan... Uh, my favorite comeback of the week and my baby face of the week is Reby fucking Hardy... Finally bringing out some Reby Justice on Twitter again. Because, uh, apparently on... Was this Twitter? No, this was on fucking Facebook. 
somebody was talking to her about one Leo Rush. Fuck that guy! <laughs> Reby immediately writes on, gets ten of the laughing emojis. Someone replies, Reby, I've always loved you for how diplomatic you are. She goes, <laughs> she goes, he is trash. Always been trash. I'm trying to bite my tongue, but damn. And then someone just replied with, yes, queen. And then when someone tweeted that at her saying, looks like Reby isn't a fan of Leo Rush. All she had to say in reply was, he a bitch. God bless that beautiful woman. I wouldn't mind if they had her come out. If they let her just run her mouth and be Matt's, like, manager, I would love it. She would get shut shut the fuck down so quick. No (laughs) way. That would not happen. She comes out for a promo with Matt, and she's like, Y'all motherfuckers need to stop booing my husband! She, like, turns like, um, baby... We're on PG TV. Fuck PG! I don't give a shit. Uh, look, Reby Hardy has been released from her contract. <laughs> and then she runs in the front row and punches a child and gets out of there. Sometimes we have to bet on ourselves. Sometimes we win. Sometimes we lose. And sometimes we go double or. Nothing in Las Vegas. Join the Fight Boys the day after Double or Nothing live from Las Vegas, May 26th at 12:30 p.m. live from Starcast for our first ever live show spectacular. The time may change. Who knows? Times may if you're there, you'll be there, right? Yeah. It's okay. We we don't believe we'll be there either. Alright, so boys, we've talked about that the terrible wrestling that the WWE does. I think we need to cleanse our pal- palates right now. We just need to start talking about Impact more. <laughs> Let's be the change we want to see in the world. We're going to so call we'll- that segment Feel the Impact. Yeah, but <laughs> we're not going to talk about Impact instead. We're going to talk about my favorite wrestling company, the JWF. So it's time to turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome to JWF Monday Night War, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by my tag team partner in crime. It's Captain Tits. So, if you run out of things to uh, say about me, I can't believe it. The most beautiful man in existence, the man with a beard that he would <laughs> he would never be afraid of losing to. The best man on the planet. The man is going double or nothing in a few weeks. John Moxley's dad, Captain Tibbs. All of those things are true. That's right, Tibbs, but let me tell you something. We are two weeks away from an absolutely amazing pay-per-view. I know we say Wrestlepalooza is the greatest shindig of the year, but I gotta tell you, I love me some cash in the bag. And we're going to have some amazing matches. We're going to see the Cash in the Bag match, which is going to feature all of our champions scrambling to climb up the ladder for the Cash in the Bag briefcase. We're going to see the Dylan take on Mojo Gruff, who has recently aligned himself with Honeypot, the demon itself. And then, of course, 
a match for the JWF Tag Team Championships where our champions, the BS, take on the team they face at Wrestlepalooza. Coach and friend, Tibbs, how do you feel about this rematch? Tibbs, don't think it should have happened in the first place. I think this should have been all settled at Wrestlepalooza. But the BS cannot let sleeping dogs lie. That's right, Tibbs. The BS, uh, it seemed like they disrespected coach and friend at Wrestlepalooza, pulling out chairs, using vicious move after vicious move, and coach and friend found themselves disrespected by that. So they challenged the BS to a no-holds-barred match. And let me tell you something, Tibbs. The way the BS have been acting, it's going to get dangerous. Well, Silva. I don't know how many holds the BS knows, but I can tell you one thing. Coach and friend probably doesn't know any more than that, so no holds barred, I bet they're fine. That, I, don't, I don't think that's what no holds... All right, Tibbs, but of course, last week we found out that the BS invited one half of Coach and friend, Honey Mustard Jenkins, out to the ring for an episode of their show, A Load of BS, in order to almost try to convince Jenkins to stop the match. Do you honestly think this is coming from a place of concern or a place of fear, Tibbs? Still, I don't... I don't know what I think about what the BS is doing recently, so it it may even be because they want to send a message. Get them... Separate, coach and friend, and by honestly pulling the week around in the middle of the ring and Possibly even threatening him. They'll probably do so. I don't know. Well, Tibbs, why don't we go down to the ring right now for another episode of the BS's hit show, A Load of BS. Let's have a listen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time for A Load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring your JWF Tag Team Champions. And I am, of tag course, champions. talking about heat. The B to the L-A-K-E. That's right. It's the former JWF champion himself, Blake Tanner, baby. Mm, joining me, as always, my buddy, my friend, my pal, my co-host, three-time JWF tag team champion, man that's won the Regal Rumble before, Scotty Moore, what? God oh, killer oh, wait, wait, extraordinaire. Blake, you did forget one little thing, and it's okay. It hasn't happened yet. I'm also the man who's going to go on to defeat Coach and Friend and then become Mr. Cash in the Bag and win the JWF Championship. Well, what? No, that's, that's... I don't think so. Because, you, you know, that's gonna be me. No, 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 Blake. Not you, Blake, it's, me. It's gonna be me. No. Look, you've had I don't the title. Think it's okay, know. Blake. I mean, okay. no, uh, yeah, All right, you look, don't know what okay, it's Blake, like Blake, to climb look. the big ladder. I let, fell off and Let's cage. not worry about that right now. Me and you, we've faced off millions of times before, and we'll do it again at Cash in the Bag. For, but for now, let's worry about our tag team title match because, well, we've got ourselves a couple of the greatest performers in JWF history to contend with. I mean, they're violent they're terrifying. They're going to be fucking dead on Sunday when they get in the <laughs> ring with us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't even know why, but that's why we decided to let them know today how fucked they are. And we're going to bring out our buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest tonight. 
one half of coach and friend, the friend, and one of the greatest wrestlers in JWF history, Honey Mustard Jenkins. All right, Tibbs, there he is, Honey Mustard Jenkins. Looks like he's kind of getting back on the right path. He's been suffering some from some bad concussions in the past, but right now it looks like he is focused, heading down to the BS. What do you think? Oh, he's all dressed up, too. Look, he's come with his nice shoes and his uh, mustard stained dress shirt as well. That's right. Honey Mustard sitting at, sitting at the set of the BS. Let's hear what they got to say. All right, Honey Mustard. Look, uh, thanks for coming on, my dude. It's great to see you. It truly is. Just, I got to ask you, how's that old noggin of yours doing? Well, you know, I don't think that actually... I'm sorry to hear that. You're fine. Look at you. You're out here. You walked in kind of a straight line. You look like a million bucks. Come on, Honey Mustard. What the hell? You're all right. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I gotta say, when Coach challenged us to a no-holds-barred magic cash in the bag, how did that make you feel? Well, I mean, he's Because, listen, it was... Horrible. It must have been horrible for you. You must have felt betrayed. You must have feel, felt like your friend went behind your back while you were hurt. While you couldn't even say anything. You didn't have any input, did you? You didn't get to make a decision on that, did you? Well, He I- saw what happened to you at WrestlePalooza. He saw the damage that me and Scotty Moore did to you in a normal match. And he decided to make it no holds barred. I mean, that's got to burn your craw, huh? It's like he doesn't even care about you at all. Man, I feel so sorry for you. Well, no, 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 you don't understand. That's not... No, no, seriously. We're telling you this for your own good, Jenkins. Coach, he doesn't care about you. There's a reason Blake and I, we're called a tag team. You see, this is a partnership. We agree on everything 100%. We never go around each other's backs. And listen, if Blake gets in trouble, he knows I've got his back. And if I get in trouble, well, I know Blake Tanner's got my back as well. But I want you to really think about this before you answer. Does Coach James really have your back? Does he? Does he, Jenkins? Come on, really think about it. Really process it in that little brain of yours. Well, I... Think about I, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, he obviously... You're not thinking about it. I. You're not thinking about it. You know what, Scotty? He's not even thinking about it. I, I don't think that us telling him is going to prove anything to old Honey Mustard. Look at him over here. I think we need to show him what we mean. Oh my god, Tibbs! From out of nowhere, Blake Tanner decking Honey Mustard with a left hand, and now the BS are just putting the boots to Honey Mustard Jenkins. Scotty clearing the set out of the ring, grabbing a chair, and oh my god, wailing on the number one contender with that steel chair, but Coach is nowhere to be found, Tibbs. I mean, do you think the BS were right? Do you think Coach actually doesn't care about Jenkins? That's a that's a damn lie. I, I can't believe it. Coach would just leave friend. That's right. Now Scotty just putting that steel chair on the ground, slamming Honey Mustard's skull in against it. Oh, God. Oh, God, Tibbs. It looks like Blake, he's setting up for the Blake out. He's about to crush his skull in. But wait. 
Jenkins moving at the last minute, and now Blake Tanner slamming that leg down. Looks like he's injured and as he delivers that massive stomp, and now Honey Mustard's tanking him down. Honey Mustard absolutely wailing on Blake Tanner. Scotty trying to pry him off, but oh my God, Jenkins now going after Scotty. This man's like a rabid squirrel assaulting these men, Tim. This is insanity. Oh my God, he's got the claws out. Oh. That's right, Blake Tanner wisely rolling out of the ring as Jenkins tosses Scotty into the ropes and, oh my God, tossing that chair against his face and, oh my God, Tibbs, is he? Oh my God, he is! Honey Mustard climbing to the top rope, about to go coast to coast on the tag team champion open. Luckily, Blake Tanner at the last moment pulls Scotty out of the ring, Jenkins standing proudly. The crowd cheering on as he defies the odds and Tibbs, I don't think, I, I don't think Coach James didn't come out because he doesn't care. Coach James didn't come out because he knew that Honey Mustard, Honey Mustard had this hand. What do you think? So I've never seen Wolverine. Yeah, I've seen Wolverine. They're vicious. Yep. Little fuckers. They will rip you to shreds just as soon as look at you. That's what Honey Mustard is. A yellow Wolverine. That's right, Tiz. But of course, let's think about this. The BS, we're talking about having each other's back, but another important part in a tag team is faith. The faith that you're with a partner who knows what they're doing, and Honey Mustard just proved that in the ring right now. It's clear that these two men clearly have respect for one another, but speaking of respect... Let's talk about the JWF champion, Momoa Curry, who in previous weeks has shown that he has no respect for his number one contender, the Hammerman. And Tibbs, I know that cannot make you feel good. I just can't believe that someone that I know and respect and love, like I do Momoa Curry, doesn't see the greatness that is the Hammerman. That's right, Tibbs. And of course, Hammerman last week got himself into a little bit of a pickle, came out to the ring, issued an open challenge, which was unfortunately answered by the Demon Honeypot, coming out to the ring, violently assaulting the Hammerman. But no matter what Honeypot seemed to throw at him, he kept standing back up, kept coming back up, until eventually Momoa Curry was forced to come out and save him from the beating that the demon was putting on him. Do you honestly think that that his what he saw in that ring last week could have impressed Momoa Curry? You know, Sills, I, they say that the path to respect is built on a lot of fucking stones or something. I don't know. Maybe it was just the first step into building respect. That's right, Tibbs, and we have sent one of our top interviewers backstage with our JWF champion to ask him how he feels about what went down last week. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald here with the JWF champion himself, Momoa Curry. And now, Momoa, last week, in an attempt to earn your respect, the number one contender himself, the Hammerman, stepped into the ring against the Demon Honeypot, and, well, he actually seemed to hold his own. Which leads me to ask, did that earn your respect? Did the Hammerman actually succeed in his mission? We want to know how you feel. McDonald, there's a big difference between being good at what you do and commanding respect. You see, last week, Hammerman, he was very good at what he did. 
He bounced around the ring, kicked out of every pinfall he could, and he still failed. He still fell prey to the chokeslam of the demon, and he did not command my respect. You see, if you want to see someone command respect, watch what happened immediately after that match. The hammer man was being tossed about the ring like a rag doll, disrespected by Mojo Gruff and the demon, and who came to save him? None other than the god of the JWF himself, Momoa Kerr. And every single person in that ring scattered like flies, scattered in fear, scattered in respect of their champion. The crowd stood in awe. The entire time seemed to freeze when I came out. And that's what respect is, McDonald. And that's the difference between the Hammerman and me. I command respect. I deserve this belt around my waist, and I, I hate to use this phrase, but I am championship material. But the Hammerman, he is exactly what he always has been. Just a good hand that can go out, entertain the audience, and put on a good show, but you and I both know that he's not championship material like me. Because you saw what happened last week when he went out and faced a demon. What exactly do you think is going to happen when he faces a god? He's going to do what everyone in the past has done. He's going to crumble to his knees and bow down to the god of law, god of the sea, and god of the entire JWF, Momoa Curry. Well, Tibbs, it looks like Momoa has made it clear that Hammerman does not have his respect. He doesn't think he deserves this shot at the championship. Tibbs, how do you react to this? Oh, maybe I was a little wrong so soon. I still think the Hammerman's great, and he deserves everyone's respect. But I can't tell the champ what to do. That's so he's just going to have to learn it in the ring. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, like he was talking about last week, the demon rose. The demon alongside Mojo Gruff rose. And Tibbs, I got to ask why. Uh, I know you're not the biggest fan of Honey Pie. You're kind of terrified of him. Why put him in our tag team tournament? Well, Scotty, I need to appease him somehow while I figure out his current grim dark desires and hopefully that will keep him satiated long enough on the souls of our wrestlers that uh we figure out how to banish him back to hell so okay wait a minute sorry i had to bounce into this commentary booth right now with you guys that's all right scotty you wanted this to show off the greatest tag teams of all time and yet you tibbs decided to put in Teams that were just made up, you mishmashed people back and forth. Tibbs, let me ask you, what did you do? Did you just sit there with a hat taking names out of it? Is that really how you want to treat your tag champions, is by putting us against something like that? Well, yeah, sure, it was this hat right here. I called it the Snow Cone Shaker. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you know what, Blake? 
let's get out of here because I don't want to mess with our paychecks by decking this old man for once again putting us in this situation where we're going to have to have matches that no one cares about. <laughs> skadoodle, skadoodle, you ain't got nothing in that noodle, Tibbs. Have a good night. All right, Tibbs. Well, as much as the BS hated, it's now time for the final match in the quarterfinals of our BS Invitational Tag Team Tournament. And like we said, Mojo Gruff and Honeypot are going to be facing off against former JWF Tag Team Champions themselves, Bananas in Pajamas. And Tibbs, what advice could you give Bananas in Pajamas right now? Sales, I'm going to be honest only real advice that I can give a man once they go into the ring with something like Honey Pots and now Mojo Gruff, I don't know how deep he's fallen, is just try to keep your soul intact. That's right, Tibbs, and luckily it looks like Johnny Bananas is actually starting off the match against Mojo Gruff, and it looks like they're locking up in the center of the ring as Johnny tries to maneuver Mojo into his corner. A wise move, Tibbs. At this point in the match, I'd cut that ring off as much as possible, prevent Mojo Gruff from being able to tag in Honeypot, because that's when things get dangerous, Tibbs. Well, that's when people get dead, Sills, and uh, you gotta really, really think about how long Honeypot's reach is. It's, uh, he's got a wingspan. That's right, but Johnny propping Mojo up in the turnbuckle, and oh, a massive chop! I heard it all the way out here. Joey Pajamas tagging himself in, and now the duo with a beautiful double clothesline on Mojo Gruff, sending him to the ground. Mojo trying to crawl towards Honeypot, almost see a look of desperation in his eyes, but wait! Joey pulling him back into his corner, grabbing him on the race, and oh my god, a beautiful deadlift German suplex, bridging up, going for a pin, one, two, oh, and Mojo Gruff barely kicking out at two, as Joey tags in Johnny Tibbs, these two men are proven while they are former JWF Tag Team Champions right here. Yep, this is how you would do it, you just gotta keep him away from his tag team partner as long as possible. Because, uh, Sills, once that happens, these boys, I'm gonna miss them. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, let's not forget, like the BS said, Honeypot and Mojo, they're not really a team. They just kind of uh, come out with each other. They've never had to deal with this kind of fighting together. Do you think the teamwork of Bananas and Pajamas could be what helps carry them to the semifinals of this tournament, Tibbs? Sills, it may be the only thing that carries them out with their lives. That's right, and now, wait a minute, Johnny tossing Mojo into the corner, and oh my god, looks like he's propping him up onto the top turnbuckle. Johnny climbing up, trying for a superplex, but wait a minute, Mojo Gruff with his first bit of offense, a massive headbutt shaking Johnny, who is wobbling on that top rope, and another headbutt sends him down to the mat, and Mojo Gruff is in position, a position he knows all too well, and he nails it, the Bayou Dive, going for that pin, one, two, ooh, and Joey quickly rushing in to break it up, Tibbs, and that's that tag team, that's that teamwork that I was talking about. I'm really glad that he actually went for the pin right there, Sills, because at that point, Mojo Gruff, he could have just gone straight for the tag. 
That's right, Tibbs, but unfortunately it looks like that doesn't matter as the demon has entered the ring. I think Joey breaking up the pin made him mad, and now, oh my God, grabbing Joey by the throat, choke slamming him out of the ring onto the floor outside. Shibata just trying his best to get Honeypot out of the ring, but the demon is not done picking up Johnny, delivering another massive choke slam. Tibbs, he threw that man nearly 10 feet in the air. Oh my god, I'm just watching a massacre. I'm so sorry. That's right, but wait a minute. What in the world? Honeypot. Honeypot's now got Mojo by the throat, and Mojo doesn't seem to mind. He almost is like a sacrifice as he picks him up, and oh my god, choke slamming his own partner down onto the body of Johnny Bananas, but it looks like Mojo's got him pinned, his broken body pinning down the body of Johnny Bananas. Shibata making that count. One two, three, and Tibbs with those three choke slams. It looks like Honeypot has secured his team the final spot in the semifinals of the JWF Tag Team Tournament. Tibbs, I gotta tell you, I'm terrified for whatever team is next to face this horrifying demon of a man. Me too, Sills, but it will be a necessary sacrifice. That's right, Tibbs, so of course, Honeypot and Mojo now go on to join the team of Scott Moore and Guy Ketty, the team known as the Snack Daddies, as well as the VWO, and of course, the Canadian crew. And next week, Tibbs, we're going to see two amazing matches to determine who will face off in the finals that are going to take place at the Cash in the Bag pay-per-view, but let me tell you something, I don't know between the VWO, between Bananas and Pajamas, the Canadian crew, nobody I think could be able to stop Honeypot, what do you think? I suppose only time will tell, Sills, I don't think so either. That's right, and if they end up winning, that means Mojo Gruff could be pulling double duty at Cash in the Bag, as not only will he be facing off in the finales of this tournament, he'd also be facing off against the Dillon for his JWF Captain's Championship. I mean, who knows? He could then go on to cash in the bag. Ca the cash in the bag match. The entire pay-per-view could be Mojo Grub. Oh, I don't like that. That's right, Tibbs. But I guess in order to find out if that's what really happens, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night Wolf. Well, Blakey T... It's been an episode, my boy. What did you learn this week? I learned that for the last two years, uh, Vince McMahon thought the Superstar Shake-Up was actually called the Snow Cone Shake-Up. Well, I was going to say, I learned that he might like Roman Reigns. He might like John Cena. But he loves Snow Cones. So, Dylan can be found on Twitter at SexyChuckyT. Blake, where could they find you? At Blake Haytana on the Twitter. And the darker video on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S C O T T Y E M O. Buy my books on Amazon, the Queasel Corp trilogy, BS vs. the Gods. And of course, remember to check out all the other shows online at a load of purebs.com, ladies and gentlemen. But most importantly, remember to support the show, whether that be by picking up merch, coming to the CR Starcast show when it happens, or of course, most importantly, just leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Every single little bit you guys can do to give back would help. It would mean the entire world to us because once I heard that we got a live show, things got really real really fast. And so we need all the help we can get. 
you know, recommend the show, do whatever you can. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show Chuck Taylor. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!